The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Well, well, well. Guess who's back? Bringing flavor in your ear. Talking about some flavor in your ear. And the beat keeps going and going and going. And I'm flowing. Yeah, y'all don't want me to break out 16 bars on y'all. Hey, I am back. We are back. Um, It's... Uh, it, it's been wonderful. Uh, for those of you that haven't followed me on social media, I actually took off for about 10 days to the Mediterranean. Uh, your boy was chilling in Istanbul and uh, Marison, Turkey. Went down into, um, wow, Cyp- Cyprus. Uh, and so for those of you that even have kind of like, you know, do a lot of research and historical stuff, like just thinking like the neighboring town was Taurus, where uh, St. Paul or Apostle Paul is from. That was like 15 minutes away. So I'm like looking at things, you know, before Christ and you know, chilling seaside. You know, I will tell you guys before I talk about my guests and we're going to get into it because they might have some jokes for this. But um, so right the day that I'm taking off for the flight, the genius in me decides to watch Taken 2. Taken 2 was filmed where? In Istanbul. So I went in, like, I might have to look at this to find some exit strategies if I'm in Istanbul. And so, you know, I talk about all the time how our media shows things. And when you go somewhere else, you see it different, you know, uh, and so, like, one of the guys there is like, so, Coach, what, do you, what was your thoughts about Turkey and Istanbul? And I had to tell him the truth. I was like, dog, I just got through watching Take It Two. I was ready. <laughs> so, with that, though, I'll go <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more. But uh, I have in the studio today, I have uh, one of my former players, or still a uh, player for me, and uh, going to be doing some interning and stuff with uh, – both high intensity in the man cave, uh, Mike Medina. And then we have the guy that got me into this thing. Even though I was a communications major, people confuse us. They think we brothers sometimes because uh, we both light skin and we both used to have hair, but one of us only have hair now. Um, and this guy, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, when we were in college, went right down the road. He put Northwestern University on the map, even though we had greats from our hometown like Otto Graham, uh, that's Hall of Famers and both college and the pros. But we went out, would play seven on seven with some of the guys, and 
this dude was a media darling. He brought light skin back in. (laughs) (laughs) 20 years ago, uh, 1996, uh, Darnell Autry. Yeah. Fourth in Heisman? Yeah, finished fourth, yeah. Finished fourth? Yeah, man. Fourth was a number for you because you were fourth round for us in Chicago. Indeed, indeed. Wait, real fast. Who cut your hair for your rookie card? Yeah, you did. You got it. You, yeah, you trimmed it up. You trimmed it up. Uh, so, Darnell, for all of you don't know, Darnell, uh, I was actually coming back into the country from, uh, I was just in Italy. Or Italy yeah. And Darnell was doing a show at uh, here outside the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, why don't you bring your fat head over here and come in and since then, I've been doing radio. So yeah, we the, rock, we rocked it for about what a year? A year. I yeah, mean, we did for a year live live uh, TV at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Two two Super Bowls. Did we not? Did we do? Or did we just do? We, we, we just did, did Indianapolis. Huh? We did Indianapolis. Gotcha. Yep. And so got D D nasty <laughs> in the house. What's up, baby? Hey, what's good, man? What's happening, man? What, what? And, you know, it's good to still see you doing your thing, man. That's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you held it up for us because uh, I was all set. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, and I'm not gonna lie. So many times I thought about calling him to get his butt on here and doing it again. Working with Darnell, I'm gonna just tell you this: we could just vibe and flow off of anything. It, it was just and we it, did. It, it was just natural. And we did, yes, and we did. <laughs> and Mike's just so you know, this is too funny. While we're doing, we're we're in the Super Bowl uh, doing this thing. It's like Will Shields, all these former NFL and current players. Vernon Davis was there with his old squad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this one guy that was probably the, like the four string running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had, <laughs> I'm talking wow. about, this dude had a love fest for Darnell. Unbelievable. And he was like, he, he refused to call him Darnell. He was like, Darrell. Darrell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just hacking it all up. Darrell. Yeah. When you played at University of Minnesota, man, you yeah, were was so. Like, that is all wrong. But my thing is, this is when I learned something about Darnell. Nothing bothers this, bro. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about, he was like, you know, I'm getting mad for Darnell. He kept on saying Darrell. I was like, Darnell. And Darnell was just going with it. He's like, yeah, when I was at Min- yeah, when I was at Minnesota. <laughs> and then he said, you remember Frank? Yeah, how's old Frank doing? <laughs> I was like, man. this mug here. You got, I mean, sometimes you just got to go with it, man. You know, some people I, I ain't got time. Lesson. Yeah, right. people just don't got time. Like, you know, like, I could have spent... All day trying to correct it and fix it and whatever and let's get it right and blah blah blah. But let's just move on. You know what I mean? Let's yep. let's hit it and get it. Move on. Uh, I mean, and he and he was like all over D. Yeah, it's it, 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 a bit much. I, I was a little concerned. It's a bit much. I, I, was, a little, bit much. I was a little concerned. A little concerned. It is a bit and he was like, and my son, he looks just like you. And then he went going in his phone and getting pictures. And I'm like, this is all going on. And Darnell. Does not change <laughs> at all. He's just even killed. I was like, this mug here. Uh, so I forgot all about that. That's hysterical, man. So for those of you that don't know, yeah. Darnell is the first person to sue the NCAA and win. Is that what it is? I think I think is that, is that is that what it is? Well, I, I, uh, as a student athlete. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't actually get into it, but yeah, they they definitely relented. Yeah, relented. they relented. Yeah. They and, relented. And so for because I'm trying to teach the youngins yeah. about mm-hmm. some because we're the old guys now. Oh yeah, definitely. So let's uh, tell the youngins about 
what was going on, whatever. Yeah, so essentially what happened was my sophomore year, um, a, a fellow alumni asked me to be in a movie. Um, and he wanted me to do the movie over spring break. So I had about two months prior to spring break. Um, so I, that was essentially going to be my job during spring break, right? I was going to go and go to Rome, shoot this movie. So I run it up the, the chain of commands with, you know, compliance at Northwestern and so on and so forth. And they ran it up the chain and they basically came back and said, well, you know, the NCAA said no. And I said, well, I, I don't understand. How come? No, I mean, I'm a theater major. Is this not the same as if I was a biology major working at a chemical company or, a, you know, if I was a writer, you know, English major, why not? Why couldn't I do a you know, writing, you know, internship or whatever? So they said, yeah, but they just said no. And so I was like, all right. So I was having, I was having dinner uh, with a friend of mine who I worked with uh, during the summer, and his sister happened to be an attorney. So I basically was telling them the whole story because everybody was pretty pumped up for me. Like, oh, man, you're going to do a movie. That's awesome. So then she hears about the story. And she goes, you know, I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't sound right. And I said, you know, it doesn't sound right to me either. But, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just want to do the movie. That's, that's really what it comes down to. I'm not interested in getting paid. I'm not interested in how much I'm, you know, I just want to do the movie. So she's like, no, nah, that doesn't sound right. So she got with some of her colleagues, and then this thing just started snowballing, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, we sent a letter to the NCA saying, hey, this is what we want. Um, this, you know, we want them to be able to do this film. There's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to. And they kept saying, ah, no, no, no. They, so then the next step would have been, okay, and then, of course, the media got a hold of it. But then the next step after that would be, okay, well, if you still say no, then we then file formal paperwork, and then we go to then we, we formal suit, and we move on. Well, essentially, they relented, and they essentially said, well, okay, now, by this time, now, this, it was two months before spring break, I didn't get a response of, until the media started getting involved, and I didn't get a response that I could do the movie until, like, a week after spring break. Mm. So then they said, okay, well, okay, you could do the film, but you can't get paid for it. And I said, well, that's fine. I, you know, I, I wasn't doing it initially to get paid anyway. I just want to do the film. I want the experience. I want to be in this movie. I want to go to Rome, all that stuff. Well, meanwhile, the part started, the part that I was, that I was getting started out as like two pages. Like I was, a full, I was in part of a scene and it was all, I mean, I was in the mix. As the time started getting closer and closer, obviously the scene got smaller and smaller because, again, they're nervous about what I can and can't do. They can't have a big scene if I'm not going to be able to do it. So uh, long story short, they let me do the film, and, and, it, was, and it, was, uh, it was a great experience. Um, I understand that they changed the rules. Uh, the NCAA did uh, as well they should. Um, but... It, I, I like to think that I opened up some doors for some folks that, that have interest in the arts and have interest in writing books and interest in doing different things that maybe were not on the radar initially for the NCAA. And obviously, it's tons and tons of rules in the NCAA. And clearly, there are some that are so old that just need to be revamped. And I, I just Especially think that it's never... yeah time. Yeah, exactly. With exactly. social media. Yeah, the, time, the times are different now, man. And, there, and there's a lot of different rules and regulations that they probably should update and, and, and fix. So. so speaking of Northwestern, uh, uh, before we go into break, you know, so you're the original problem uh, troublemaker for Northwestern. Because now uh, you had your boy, um, the... The receiver or running back 
for Northwestern mm-hmm. that filed the suit for oh yeah 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 to to, to, to unionize yeah yeah to unionize and, yeah and you know my neighbors that you met uh-huh. that's their cousin oh of course uh, it is out here of course so it is it's a Arizona, small world yeah it's a small Arizona, world Arizona Northwestern troublemakers that I guess <laughs> what's, what's the other common denominator in a narcissistic world me <laughs> so so, so that the combination of you Northwestern and me. <laughs> It's trouble. Yeah, so clearly. speaking of trouble, we're going to break before we get in trouble uh, <laughs> so we can get them sponsor slots on. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back on. We have uh, Mike and Darnell. So, Darnell... Uh, besides you causing trouble for the NCAA and <laughs> things like that, uh, kind of give – so you they kind of cut – You bear, they got a small part in the movie. Right. Then uh, I know you were playing in the NFL. You played with the Bears, Philly. Right. Update us to now to kind of then and now where you are. Yeah, so it's been it's been an unbelievable journey. Like I said, I've 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 had some really cool experiences in my in my, in this path that I've been working on, and and I started uh, two years ago. I started a TV and film production company, and um, I started it because partly because I I I love the industry. I had a lot of great ideas for TV and film. And I needed a place to house it. I needed a place for it to sort of live and a place that I could say, okay, this is where it's all coming out of, you know, T-Watchy Productions. Um, So I've been working on, and and it's funny that you you bring that up because one of the projects um, that that you kind of, 
you 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 I guess you made it valid for me is that when you came back from from Italy and you were talking about you coaching American football overseas, I was really blown away because I didn't realize how big American football was around the world. And so I started doing more of my research and started reading, and I read the book Playing for Pizza from John Grisham, and that blew my mind. And so I immediately ran up this this um, ran up this tree about, you know, I wanted to do a re- docu-reality show about cats that are playing international football overseas and kind of tell their story and, and, and share with the, the America that, that American football is really, really popular around the world. Not just because everybody watches the Super Bowl, but because there's organized leagues, 63 countries around the world play American football. So, and they all have great stories, and they all have Americans that are participating in this, and they also have the natives that are from that country participating in those sports. And so, you know, I was I was fascinated with it, so I, I started writing and I wrote a um, uh, a docu reality series about about it, and and we identified a couple of teams that we wanted to work with, um, and of course they were on board because they wanted to see you know they, obviously they they want the American public, which was which is great, um, and so I've been working on that for about three or four years now, and and so that project is one part of it, but then it sort of evolved into this current project that I've got going. And essentially, it's it's telling the story of um, athletes, current stories about athletes who are following non-traditional sports paths to like accomplish their goals, right? So, if, for instance, it would be like uh, the the Jamaican bobsledding team would be a perfect perfect story for us, right? Because it's current, or we would have been current, but when it was current, it's the, it's that kind of storyline, right? They're not, they're not, they're, their goal is to, to be in the Olympics, but it's such a non-traditional sport to select, and how do they get from where they are to actually getting into the Olympics? Or the javelin thrower that was on the Kansas City Chiefs that just got cut. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's these kinds of stories, and, 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 and what's interesting is those, those American football players and those football players around the world fit that mold, right? They're, they're non-traditional sports pass playing a very popular sport, but they're not on the grid, right? The media is not, you know, swarming all over Italy trying to figure out who's the next football star. That's just not a thing, not for us. Yeah, it, it, and I'll say it's becoming that... Uh, especially with the guy from Germany getting drafted this year, yeah, uh, with Minnesota with Rick Spielman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'll say this: there's been other guys. Uh, one of the guys that played uh, for the Spartans when I was there, mm-hmm. he actually was a uh, practice player for a second with the Rams. However, he wasn't drafted. But the person that they don't give enough credit to, like you got to remember Sebastian Janikowski. Oh yeah, I mean even though he went to Florida State. That's but yeah, but, but but prior to, to that, that, I get yeah, he was overseas, right? So 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 the the docu rally series that we're working on is not just you know those football players fit, but it's also all the other athletes, right? It's the we've we've got a kid that I know of who's a six seven um, uh, African kid from Sudan who actually plays high school football in a, in a very small school in the middle of Oklahoma. Um, that kind of story, right? So you have, and then you have. It's not just football. It's not just men. It's women. It's it's adult. It's you know senior citizens. It's kids. I mean, there's there's a whole spectrum of athlete out there that is 
competing and striving and making and 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 making the sacrifice and and giving the dedication and and making uh, and having the heartache and the frustration and but but the most important part of it though is it's the hope right it's the hope that they are going to succeed in whatever it is it is it's not for us to say okay is it worth it for a trophy it is to them you know is it worth it for a medal it is to them you know, it's not about like I want to be a professional athlete. It's about I want to achieve this goal in this in this realm that I'm in. If you're in the middle of, you know, you're in South America and you want to be a javelin thrower, and this is the kind of um, workouts that you're doing, which are non-conventional, you're not in you're not in a, an Olympic training facility, but you're doing the best you can. Rocky Four. It's well, and that's another perfect, perfect, perfect example, right? If Ivan Drago's on the grid, Rocky Four's training is off the grid, and that's the kind of stories, the current stories that we want to tell. Those kind of stories of people that are taking three buses from the inner city to get to a golf course because the kid loves to play golf, and these are the kind of sacrifices and the focus that he has just to play golf. Now, does it mean that you know, he gets a scholarship? That's not that's not for us to determine, but it is for us to see and share in that determination and in that passion. So, these are the kind of stories that we want to tell. I feel like, you know, I have the right team to tell that story, and my story is obviously obviously non-traditional, right? You know, selecting Northwestern, which is technically at that point was not on the grid, right? Yeah. It, we compete against big time, but we were not Big you time. guys are everybody's homecoming game. Right, absolutely. We're everybody's homecoming game. You don't go to Northwestern if you want to be in the NFL. Um, and you certainly don't become a theater major at Northwestern and play football. That's just not a thing. And you certainly don't you know, think that you're going to be an NFL player. You go there because you want a great education, you want a great experience, which I got. And I'm more than grateful. But the journey and the sacrifice and the heartache between actually – you know, getting to Northwestern and then and then ultimately getting opportunity to be drafted. I mean, all of those. There was so many different times in my in my path that I could have been derailed. Right? I could have I could have fallen off. And it's interesting because I was talking to Mike, and Mike, you're 23, correct? Yes, sir. And so with Mike, uh, I was just telling him about like when you were at Northwestern. It was basically unheard of unless you were from the Midwest or an Ivy League type person. Right. True. And so I was like, until Darnell, Barry, uh, Damon Anderson, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, and and, and, uh, Dwayne Bates. Mm -hmm. I I was like, you guys, Muso, you guys were magic. Yeah, you, you those core those guys. But, but I mean, you were the media darling at that time. You couldn't you couldn't turn on TV in the Midwest at that time and not see you on during that season. And I mean, I remember being pissed off at you because I was always a Northwestern or Notre Dame fan first. I like Northwestern because their colors they had the purple and the black, but they were purple and white basically. Yeah, then. that's our school colors: yeah. purple and white, essentially. And, and so, but he comes and he beats Notre Dame. And I'm like, dude got game, but dude just beat my squad. And, like, Bertrand, (laughs) B-Train. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you know, I think, you know, what's what's interesting, what gets missed in in, in our successes as as on our sophomore year is all the beatings we took as freshmen, right? All the beating that we took as, you know, um, as normal, right? But those beatings help fuel – the off season, which then fueled, you know, 
I'm a year older. Um, Dwayne Bates is a year older. Fitz is now in. He's now a, in a leadership role. Now you're finally getting from. You're changing regimes, right? You're changing over from the old guard into the new guard. And the new guard now is the leaders. We've got just the right amount of um, young talent, but we also have the right amount of um, veterans that understand and remember what it's like to take those beatings, how we are treated, and how they've been treated for the last three years prior to the new guard and the changeover. So so those kinds of things really fueled that sophomore season. I mean, me personally, I, I spent... <laughs> there were, again, there's tons and tons of stories out there about how many times I wanted to no longer be there and want to transfer and all that stuff. That's very clear. 18 years old, you feel like you got the world by, you know, you figured it all out. And and luckily for me, you know, I had the support and the love of my friends and my family and my teammates um, to, to help me see it through, to help me realize that, like, this is going to be really special. I knew it was going to be special, but, you know, until you can prove it, it's just a story, right? It's just a, it's just a concept. It's an idea. But until you actually get out on the field, we knew we were special during camp. But everybody feels special during camp. Everybody feels like they're going to be champions, right? Because why are you in camp? Why are you, what's the focus? What's their plan? Everybody wants to be a champion. That's not normal. That's that, I mean, that's very normal. But until you can take those lessons, until you can take um, – your, uh, uh, your work, and you take your work and you put it and you apply it, and you apply it in a way and you execute it, not just apply it, but you execute it, it's all top. Yep. You know, and that's, I guess that's just life in general, right? I can say that I have this production company, it's great, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some great things, but until I can execute it, right, until I can apply it and show you what I'm working with, then it's all just talk. So, you know, we're we're prepared as a production company, but we were prepared as a team, right? We were prepared to to take that and execute that on the field. Yeah, and it it's interesting just to see how things just manifested. You just you know, I, I always like one of my favorite readings and I think all every graduate should get is the Dr. Seuss book, Places You'll Go. Yes. Have you read that? Uh, years ago. Yeah, I, years, I wrote, years ago. I actually gave my book away to a student last year, right. which I always want to keep a copy of that. Right. Because, you know, even within my life, right. you know, literally starting bottom up at, at the Bears, I was literally cleaning the bathrooms before going into personnel right. and even having in, or some word. I, I mean, I was pushing, hey, we got to get Autry. Right, I, you know, right, right. They were asking. I was like, well, I know these people, the character, da-da-da, and Mark Hatley. And it was funny because, you know, at that time, I, I remember Drew Brees was in college and came over to Indianapolis, and he decided to stay in school another year. And it's just like all these different things uh, seeing. Uh, and then in the summers, like working out with Dwayne and everybody, is like, Wow, and we could have something special here. You know, you just yeah, I mean, you, it, it just, this could this it, could get real good real fast here. It is funny because I was I never forget we were looking at a player at Cleveland, and the best way for me to describe him, I remember just using uh, Dwayne because I was just like he's like a Dwayne Bates. He's a possession receiver with speed and height. Right, and uh, it was a guy by the name of Juwan Dawson. And Jawan actually passed away last year. But anyway, he w- he was 
it was funny to look at that squad and the corners and all that. Hudefa and Chris oh, Martin. Oh, man. And, we had such a great defense, man. Number and, one in the country for the whole year. And you guys played against, uh, the next year, played against Peyton Manning. Oh, and, yeah. In uh, Tennessee. Yeah. In yeah. the Searchers Bowl. Yeah, we yeah. played Peyton Manning. Well, although, it's an interesting fact, right? We played back to back number one picks. By the way, Keyshawn Johnson was the number one pick for the uh, uh, USC. And then the following year, or two years after that, Peyton Manning was the number one pick from, uh, from Tennessee. Well, man. That, that's deep, but D, I appreciate you coming in, bro. My man, I We're appreciate it, We're going to go into a break, and uh, we'll talk to you. Thanks again, D. My man, you got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for All having right. me. flagship station for sports voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind join host former philadelphia eagles and cleveland browns strong safety ray ellis on voice america sports every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fans perspective tune in every tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So while overseas, I didn't get a chance to watch uh, many of the basketball games. But So I'm going to first talk about that trip and then uh, – kind of get current to what's going on in the world of sports. Um, I actually had the opportunity to go into Cyprus and go to Mediter- Mediterranean Eastern University, MEU, and I'm thinking, first of all, what kind of campus is this? I'm, I was picturing old pillars and, you know, just like beat down buildings. And it was funny because uh, the Marison – I, I, first, I guess I fly into Istanbul. I stay the night there. Next day, I go up to one of the universities there and team up with the squad and watch a game and things like that. And you know, the Mustangs lost, which they should have won. And then, so we uh, took our drive. I go first of all into Marison, and I'm like, okay, wow, this is freaking Miami. And 
those that know me know I love fish. Boy, did I have fish, and I had a lot of it, and it was like for three or four bucks a plate. Uh, the other thing, my way of being transparent sometimes, Mike, <laughs> which you notice, sometimes I'll say stuff to get myself in trouble. <laughs> so uh, they asked me, so, Coach, what do, you know, what do you know about turkey? And I was like, I didn't want to, I wanted to go with the Civil War stuff within there or, you know. I was like, well, you know, I'll tell you this. It didn't help for me right the day before I took off to watch Taken 2. And they just was like, oh, yeah, that, that's not good, Coach. That's not good. <laughs> uh, and then also it didn't help. I got to tell this, too. Within five minutes, I was in a car accident at, out of the airport. But anyway, so then uh, going back to MEU, I go there. I get picked up by a young man from Nigeria that spoke English and spoke uh, Turkish. And uh, several. He, I think he spoke three or four different uh, dialects of Nigerian. Okay. And so we are just talking and sharing. And this guy runs a 10, 500-meter dash. And I'm like, so I go to the practice. They have a stadium better than some of the D3 schools in the States at one time. Uh, their colors are like U University of Florida. But the campus, the campus, I thought I was in Miami. There, too, just beautiful campus, not as big as the one in Marison, but just a beautiful campus. The guys out there, they had some dudes that could play on any continent, uh, you know, about two dudes. You know, one would be a nice slot receiver, and he's a backup quarterback in safety, but, you know, just very athletic. Uh, and then the corner, Duke can go. Um, he's just a sophomore, so I'll be doing some more things with them and, trying to give them some exposure. So I was just so engulfed and just their desire to want to know about football, Mike, it was, and everybody. It was just unbelievable. Uh, so then go back to Marison and have fun. So get back here. I'm jet lagged, and I'm finding out the series with the Golden State Warriors was at that time, was it Saturday or Sunday? I think they were tied up. They were tied 3-3. Three, three, they were tied. Point. So what the heck was going on? Have, had you been following the games? Yeah, I was following the whole series. I had 100 bucks on OKC and uh, just for the last game, just the last game, because I had been winning up until that point. Uh, and, you know, KD really let me down. <laughs> well, and so <laughs> here's my thing is, and Maurice, who's usually on the show, we always talk about this. First of all, my boy Westbrook, that is my dog. Right. If I'm building a team, I'm building on him. But – you know, some would question his BBI. Okay. And uh, what I mean by BBI is basketball intelligence or basketball instincts. Right. And so, you know, some of the decisions in the more crucial parts of the game, he may not, his shot selection may not be the wisest. But, like, a guy like him, I'll take that with. I mean, Steph Curry, on the other end of it, has high BBI. Right. And so does Clay Thompson. Uh, probably everyone, the one with the questionable thing is Draymond, yeah. but he's still a, a great all-around player. So I'm going watching the game, and I'm like, I, I felt that I didn't want it necessarily. I felt like OKC was self-destruct, and 
the same thing that makes them win because they're kamikazes and wild cars is the same thing that would cause them to lose. And, exactly. Uh, and basically, that's what it came down to. Sure and you, I mean, Steve Kerr, I, kudos to him and the staff. You know, they know their style of basketball, and they do what they do. And I'm watching uh, <clears throat> the last two games, and I'm like, dang, they got KD chasing Curry. And Curry's going and still launching hooks yeah. and stuff. I was like, this is this boy is just shimmying all game because he's just making it go. And I felt like the best athlete on their team is uh, Andre Iguodala. Then I take uh, Draymond. Okay. And but then when Iguodala hit a three. I was like, oh, stuff is real. He he hit quite a few. I think he hit maybe three that game. Yeah, and uh, uh, what's the guy's name for OKC off the bench that was hitting? Uh, Adams. Oh, it was a guard, but he came in, and he kind of kept them alive. But I was like, I knew that Golden State was going to close it out. And, man, that, that sure second did. half of the, uh, Game 7, unreal. And they capitalized on every mistake OKC made, just like you said. Westbrook is being a, you know, being a little trigger happy there, and every single time they just throw it up and give it right back. Yeah, there, there's like we'll let you score two because we're gonna score three. Yep. You're gonna score two. We're gonna we'll score, score three. three. And it's like some people usually modify or change up their game to adjust and right. kind of stay in the game. Not them boys. Them boys are like, uh, no, this is what we do. Uh, for them, a two point is like a three point for everybody else. Yeah. It's like we're we're gonna just shoot threes. Definitely. It's like and now you gotta defend the whole court because even when Draymond starts hitting the three, like mm-hmm. in that fourth court or fourth period, when he hit that three, I was like, oh yeah, my when God. that they, I think it was like the last one, the last three he made. No, it was Curry that made the last three that yeah, gave oh, him the who? ten point lead. Yeah. My God, where he crossed the he whole crossed the, <laughs> and then he just shot it two feet outside the top of the key, like. Ridiculous. Uh, that boy is something else, man. So now going into this, there, uh, I, obviously I didn't watch the cast stuff because they were running through everybody. Right. Um, what do you think about the fact of the calf just sweeping through and long break? Um, the only thing I could really compare it to is last season. They didn't have Kyrie healthy. They didn't have Love healthy. So – those are going to be like some key players in the game, but this is going to be quite a quite a shootout, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm kind of concerned. Well, I Cleveland is be, definitely better than last year, right? But so is Golden State. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, picking up uh, what you call it, um, not Channing Fry, but the guard. Uh, the wow, I can't think of anything, but the tall, long point guard. They are looking much better with that depth going, you know, now they're kind of too deep on the bench. Or I just think that they also have a chip in terms of this game because of the fact of, you know, Cleveland last year saying, well, we had everybody hurt. That's the only reason why you won. Right. You're not the real MVP. LeBron Mm -hmm. is. And then you have LeBron on the other end. I mean, I think maybe playing that long – or having that mid, they've had over a week off. Right. That might not be good for them. It's true. 
depends you know, on what they were doing with the time. Yeah, and, I mean, but still, sometimes, yeah. sometimes when you're still playing, and you're, it's like the worst thing we we tell people like when you're running, don't stop. Right. Keep keep going, and if you keep going at a pace that you're going, uh, I think that it's easier. You know, I think if Golden State's going to win, they're going to win in five. That's how they're going to win. Okay. If it goes to seven, then I think maybe that's where that break for the Cavaliers takes place. Right. Um, I'm still – it's still hard for me to cheer for anything in Cleveland right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't – it's just – it seems like anything that's won in a championship there right. is a wasted season <laughs> for whatever sports team it was. It's like, we're going back to Cleveland. Yeah. It's almost a, uh, I wouldn't say it's almost an upset, but yeah, disappointment every time. <laughs> so, like, if you were to take uh, the series, who are you taking and why? See, that's tough, man. That's so tough. I, if honestly, if I had to choose, and more than likely, we'll see if you know my buddy, call him Bookie Ben, man. He's always taking <laughs> these bets, and he's just you know he's he's willing to do it all. But uh, he, with him, I, I would definitely say, I'm gonna go with Golden State. Because Curry is just a man you don't want to bet against. And that's something I've learned. But just seeing him play to where he can come from being injured three weeks out to almost dang near being 100%, I mean, he's he's going to pull through. I feel the same thing with Klay Thompson. He he showed me a lot that game against OKC that I hadn't seen the, rest, the whole season. The only thing I'm concerned is with LeBron and them, they're able to penetrate, get to the cup. Right. And they do have, you know, people that can shoot the trade ball yeah. too. I don't think they can shoot it as well as, as consistent as Cle or as Golden State. Right. And do you really want to get into a three point shootout? Right. But then I could see where they could cause fouls. Uh, LeBron could call fouls trouble. But then it also goes down to what LeBron do you get? Right. Very true, very true. You know. Yeah, I mean, like you just said, they can either put themselves in a position where it's going to be a shootout or they stick to what they know and they work the inside of the paint and they get the points, they get the rebounds. And Kyrie's going to be <clears throat> the interesting factor. What type of ball does Cleveland play? Right. I mean, you know, do you put LeBron at the point, you know, and, <laughs> and pretty much let him, your best athlete, control the, have the ball, most of possession, and then – uh, Kyrie has to be that spot up where we know Love can be a spot up shooter. Right. Um, and then uh, JJ, you know, he can shoot the ball, and so it, it's it's interesting that. And I'm almost kind of sad because I know it's a matter of a couple of weeks, and there's nothing in sports to watch. Right. Sorry, baseball, uh, <laughs> but you know. It's Baseball doesn't matter until October, lost cause, November. Man. So, uh, well, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back. to the pros we, we cover, cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, we're back. Um, with the basketball season coming to an end, do you think KD stays at Oklahoma, or do you think he takes his talents to somewhere else? You know, I really want to see him go somewhere else. But that's just personally. Where I know why? he could contribute to another team. Where is the biggest question? Why? I just feel like his time has been spent with his, his earlier years in the NBA. I mean, that's the first team he went to, right? Yeah, they were at first Seattle Supersonics. Right, right, right. And then they turned into OKC. So I don't want to say he's expanded his talents as much as much as he can with OKC, but po- quite possibly with their system. And, I mean, maybe I'd like to see him somewhere like, I mean, Atlanta. He could go to Atlanta. I feel like he'd do pretty good in Atlanta. But more or less I want to see him go to a team where he's going to shine like, how, like he's supposed to, like how I've seen him in college. You know, it's interesting uh, <clears throat> because I think about the people that, He's had at OKC. Right. He's had a pretty solid roster. Quite like a few. you know, yeah, James Harden. Yeah. When James Harden is coming as your six man, I I I don't know how much of it goes to, to they just. I mean, I think him and Westbrook is a good duel. Yeah. They've had the three. I don't know if anywhere else makes them better. Right. I I would say. With me, the place that he looks better and not sounding like all the other pundits, but San Antonio, Okay. I would say for his style of play, you know, a big, long man, uh, long-armed individual that play has an inside and outside game, I think that would keep Pop on the bench a little bit longer, and I could see that being good with Aldridge and Ka- Kawhi okay. uh, Leonard, and that gives them a very athletic I think if you get that combo in with Pop, you're talking about San Antonio 
would be the one that really could put the claps on Golden State. And then the other rumor was Golden State. And that'd be something else. But my thing is who who do you give up or who you know like if he does, if he's going to max because here's the thing you're going to OKC with cheaper state taxes and te- cheaper cost of living to Oakland San Fran area and everything just went yep and so those things come into factor where you know if he even goes to San Antonio who knows Tim Duncan he hasn't retired yet right, right. so you know he could sit on the bench another year and now you really have some depth and you basically just use Tim Duncan for the playoffs. Yeah. Where he, he comes and gives, you know, gives your guys five minutes break, but since he's a fundamental shooter and stuff like that, he could go in and put in some points. So Definitely. I, I would say if I'm him, San Antonio makes the most sense, no state tax. They said Miami. I'm not liking mm, Miami yeah. for him. Um just because Dwayne Wade, even though he had a rebirth this year, uh, I just don't trust it to be as consistent another year. And even though they have some good young guys, I would say San Antonio, Greg Popovich, I think is a better fit. Or right. Steve Kerr and what they're doing, where you have a team full of shooters, then you get him and he expands the floor and you know, goes to work. What about uh, Memphis? How do you think you do in Memphis? You know what? Uh, I With the other Gasol and stuff, yeah, but then that market is just so small. Right. And, you know, when you're getting into that second half of your career, you're, first of all, you're chasing a, you are chasing a championship, but you're also, and, you know, really there's who's going to stop them in the East um, you know, he'll face LeBron. Right. And I think that if he goes if he goes to anywhere in the East, they beat that squad that they have there. But I think that yeah, I yeah, I just couldn't see him doing Memphis. I, I think second half of your career, you're chasing ring and right. your your fortunes that you may not make again. So you wanna go in the market, you you wanna sell out you want to make you want to make that loot and you want to win. And I think he he's still young enough where he kind of still has to the hunger to win, but he's still at that stage to know I better make my money. Yeah. I better max out, especially because uh, this is the time with this new CBA. This is the time to cash in. So wherever he goes, I mean, he's going to get ready for that max deal. You know, and yeah, I, Right now, unless if all is equal, I would stay at Oklahoma before I would go to Memphis. Right. You just had a new head coach change. Um, San Antonio would be the one with the max deal, and in the state of Texas, you is cool. Miami is a larger, a little larger market, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Interesting. So. What were you gonna say? It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. Now that I think about it. I mean, maybe he, I don't know. I, I couldn't see him staying in OKC, so that's for sure. So, but going on to another subject and talking about change. <laughs> what do you? Th- what What's your thoughts on this possible matchup fight between McGregor? 
Oh man, and my boy, I'm hoping for Maywell. it. I am hoping for it. Not only because you can't go ahead and just dabble into two different realms of sports and say, okay, this is something that can be done. You got two extremely different talents here. By far, Mayweather has the nastiest hands I've ever seen in the history of boxing. I grew up watching his dad box because my grandfather, my uncles are big boxers. They used to call his dad the Mexican assassin. I mean, they, they're, those are some of the best boxers in the world, in my opinion. Then you have a guy like McGregor who's more or less – um, a brawler type guy, you know, he can box, he can he can hold his own on his feet, but when you stand up to a man that's been doing strictly that his whole life, good luck, man. Good luck. It's interesting because Colin McGregor, his response to it was like, oh, yes, I do the... I do the wrestling, mm -hmm. and, you know. It's like, and then I, I've done the martial arts. He's like, and I've done boxing and kickboxing. Right. He was like, the thing is now for him, this is his mindset. It'll be easier now because I only have to focus on one thing. No. I don't have to focus. And I've watched UFC, uh, the top tier UFC fighters train. Right. And it is. It's like, okay, you go to specialist for this, for the mat. Right. You go to specialist for your stand-up striking game with kicking. Yep. Then you go to a boxing uh, coach or strike uh, uh, another striking coach or martial arts. And so I think that, yes, he's right, but he's so wrong. Yeah. Uh, when you're fighting against a man like Floyd in boxing, I would say that Floyd, I mean, Connor. You know, the good thing in UFC, if you grab someone, you can throw legs, you can lock, right. and that could kind of take some time away. Uh, with Floyd, with the hand speed, he's not going to, he probably hasn't seen anyone like that in the UFC in terms of hand speed. Right. Now, will it hurt? That's another thing. Right. Uh, but, you know, with boxing, boxing isn't always about knocking out. Endurance. You know, it's but it's skill. It's yep. about uh, getting points and the type of hits. And Floyd is very patient and he's very masterful. I, I call him. He's a work of art. He's the Picasso of boxing in terms of strategy. Oh yeah. And people that don't know the sport, they get bad. But you know, it is what it is. For anybody that's is really conflicted on this matter, go back and look at. I don't know how much UFC keeps track of it, but strike. I mean, I'm sure they do. You know, strikes landed, strikes thrown. The percentage there, are, you're going to see a huge, huge margin between those two men. And yeah. you can argue it all you want, but there, those are the facts. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll be a knockout from Mayweather, but I can see a lot of points scored. And But I like McGregor's heart. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, but again... Like Greg McGregor said, right now he needs him for the money more so than the opposite way. Uh, exactly. Way so the first time uh, Mayweather is not the necessary this the drawer. Right. So, but with that being said, Mike, it's been a great one. Definitely. And fans, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll check you next week. We are out of here. Till next time. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.